What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hey everyone, you're listening to Blockbuster Mentality. I'm your host Ben. You clicked on this episode because we are talking natural born killers with Jeff Snyder. He joins me once again. We talked Leon the professional last time so be sure to check out that episode uh before we get into the episode please make sure you're following us on twitter at blockbuster cast and on instagram at blockbuster mentality that's where you'll get most of the updates for the show when a new show drops everything like that be sure to subscribe to us on itunes give us ratings and reviews that helps us out a lot we've been doing a little better on the charts getting up there so we really appreciate the support but hey you clicked on this episode for a reason i'm not going to keep you much longer here's my conversation with jeff snyder on oliver stone's natural born killers What's what's with you in the uh, '94 movies? Uh, last time we talked about uh, oh, Leon, yeah. the professional, and here we are today. Uh, Natural Born Killers, man. That's uh, I, another. I don't know what it is about '94. I guess by the time the '94 movies were on VHS and everything, I was probably 11. That's when I was really getting into R-rated movies. And yeah. <laughs> These are just two of my 90s faves. Man, so you, you, you saw Natural Born Killers when you were 11? 11 or 12, yeah. Wow. Sure. Yeah, that, that that was not one I saw until 17, 18, and I started it way too late at night and like totally was having nightmares, like weird like nightmares. It was crazy. <laughs> are, we, are we rolling now? I just wanted to check. Yeah, we've, we're, we're rolling. I it's can fine. edit. I haven't, I haven't yeah. said anything that I would have yeah. said. Um, so Natural Born Killers, it, uh, I did my senior thesis in high school. Really? On, on violence in movies, and, and Natural Born Killers was the, the big thing because are you familiar with, with what happened uh, after this movie came out and everything? Well, yeah, I saw there was copycat crimes. I mean, I know the Columbine was a big thing with it, how they had, uh, they like had their initials were NBK or something I read. I, I didn't go into too much detail on the reading, but. but. Yeah, the, the, the Columbine stuff um, is not like, it, it is real, uh, but it, it also is not what I think of. Like, it was this couple that like watched. Natural Born Killers like 52 times in a row or something and then went on a shooting spree and then ended up shooting one of John Grisham's friends. And then John Grisham led this lawsuit against Warner Brothers and Oliver Stone. Right. You know, free free speech and also just like movies. It's it's just like in Scream. Movies don't create psychos, right? right? They make psychos more creative. They may give people ideas. But those people are already prone to committing violence after seeing movies. So millions of people have seen Natural Born Killers and knock on, on you know, a multi-state shooting spree. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you do have, yeah. 
more than the majority. I mean, obviously you can't get more than the majority, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, it's a very, very small percentage that actually, you know, sees a movie and does that. But I, I you can't totally blame, you can't blame the movie at all. I don't think oh, I mean, it's, video games. People have been trying yeah. to make that argument for years, if not decades. And, and I don't put any stock in it. There's no causality there. Right. Yeah. And you know, this movie tries to even shed light on that. You know how, you know, it's, not movies it's it's the media you know that's a big theme in this movie which yes. i'm sure we'll get to uh but uh but yeah i mean uh, what defeats the demon right yes love baby love l-o-v-e now so yeah this is a, an oliver stone movie which i think this is the first oliver stone movie i've done on the show so Ooh. Yeah, it's it's an honor, my friend. It's uh for you, for you. It's an honor. It is. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, first Oliver Stone movie on the show. Uh, we have Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, Robert Downey Jr. I'm gonna be gushing over Tommy Lee Jones a lot. Uh, talking about this movie, <laughs> I just think he's amazing. Um, Tom Sizemore. You even have Ro- uh, Rodney Dangerfield is in this in a very unique role. Um, so, so yeah, eleven-year-old uh, uh, Jeff was just gushing over that. So it was uh, that and Ladybugs, you know, around yeah. the same time. <laughs> um, so it's like you know, with the professional and this movie, I got the chance to to watch them for the first time with Dad, who had never seen them. Oh, okay. We Born Killers yesterday in preparation for this. And, you know, he was just like, this is a trippy movie, man. Like, <laughs> and visually, I guess I didn't even realize how, how crazy it got. It had been a few years since I'd seen it with all the, the different techniques and, sure. and film stops. And he was really like, what is this animation? You know, uh, but I love the animation. I and know. I love how schizophrenic this movie kind of is. Yeah, it's so schizophrenic and so, you know, they I think I forget how many it was, but there's so many like different camera devices they use like different types of film, different types of lenses, like there's just so many different um things they use to to actually film the movie. Uh and yeah, it's just it's so trippy, so psychedelic, like it's just and so many like you know, those quick cuts, you know, to like demon faces and like, you know, things like that. Like, it's just, whoo. Yeah. It's, yeah uh, there was a lot of demon face cutting actually. Yeah. When I, like, I, when I watched it again, I was like, okay, that, we, we get it. Um, <laughs> did your dad appreciate, uh, the, appreciate the, the message? Did he, did he grasp onto that or was he just kind of, I, yeah. I, I think he did. Yeah. I, I don't think Natural Born Killers is, is the most complex movie. Or, you know, too, it's not too difficult to understand. Right. Yeah. On the surface, it's it's definitely, yeah, it's it's not. It um, pretty clearly. But um, yeah. Do, do, do we want to take this from the top? Do we want to go linear, linearly, Ben? Uh, we can. You know, we, we can go linear. If we think of something at the end during the linear, oh, yeah. that's fine too. So, yeah. I mean, okay, it, so we it, open in the, the diner scene. Right. Yep. And he's ordering key lime pie. Who else ate key lime pie on on the big screen? Uh, oh, oh man. Uh, um, a Tarantino <sighs> creation. It is a Tarantino creation. I, for some reason, I just jumped to Shape of Water because I know he got that in Shape of Water. That was like the most recent the case. Um, I, I, True romance. The, true romance. Yes, and that was his. Is that first... how, that's like aren't they? 
yeah, it starts with him and, and like Anna Thompson, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Good point. And um, I thought yeah, that was and, fascinating. I love all the casting in this scene. Uh, the, the waitress, who I'm blanking on her name, and, and the same with the guy who goes, meet me. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like a great character actor who's been in a ton of things. You know what I think? I think that's Mox's father in Varsity Blues. Ooh. Oh, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what? No, no, no. It's Paul Walker's father. It's Paul Walker's father. Right. Harbor's dad. That's right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I I couldn't place him either. But yeah, now that you say that, it's it's clicking. It's clicking. Cylinders <laughs> are firing. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, it's it starts out, you know, he's kind of charming to the waitress a little, and you know, the the girl he's with, which is Juliet Lewis, which we find out is Mallory, Mickey and Mallory are their names. Uh she she wants to dance, you know, in this little diner. She wants to, to have a little fun. Puts on a, a song. I don't. I, I want to know what that the first song was like, and they play it throughout the movie. I, I meant to look it up. I'm so prepared for this podcast all the time. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the deep voice guy. Like I know Brett Rasner had a lot uh, to do with the soundtrack. I'm not sure if that was one of his songs. I, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. The the music in this is great. The the soundtrack. But yeah, she's she's dancing away. Couple couple guys come in. Start uh, one of them starts dancing with her. And gets a little too touchy, a little, little too forward. And uh, do you think though that she was that she was fishing for that? That they were fishing uh, for something? You know, with Mallory, you never know how much <laughs> is in, like intentional and and how much is just like she doesn't even realize how. I think she just is sex personified. She's yeah. just sort of walking it. Like that's right. what Mallory Knox is. She does whatever she wants with whoever she wants, whenever she wants, and uh, and it was like wrong, wrong place, wrong time for for, for these guys. Yeah, that's um, true. That's she's true. The aggressor. We see her later in the movie with the gas station guy, sort of being being the aggressor there, and then but then changes her mind. Right. Right. You know? Um. So yeah, I think with her, it's tough to say. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was, uh, are they just trying to lure people or is it, you know, just something that just clicks and they're like, all right, you had it. Well, well actually, you bring up the, the gas station guy, you know, you, she gets visions of her abusive fa- father and stuff and that kind of right. clicks her to, you know. But you're right. If these guys in the diner had minded their own business, would they still be alive in the movie? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if Mickey and Mallory stopped there looking to kill people or if sure. they just went by and to throw on a, a good song on the juke. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. I love, you know, the, the slow motion bullet, bullet and the slow motion knife. Yes. Those are both like great kills. And then the eeny, meeny, miny, mo game just feels, I don't know if that's a Tarantino thing because I, I realize he doesn't have screenplay credit here. It's just story credit. Story, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if that was like an Oliver Stone thing because it felt very Quentin. I, I did read that a lot of the, most of the dialogue was Quentin's. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that, you know, I mean, that technically was dialogue. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of his. It seems like it is, you know. Um, I, I just know the direction they went in the film wasn't his premise. Like, he just kind of just wanted to act full on just action, like, you know, uh, Husband and wife decide to go on a killing spree. Right, thing he, didn't and, need, he didn't need the Oliver Stoneization. Right, <laughs> um, exactly. You what know, did you the, think about the sole survivor bit? 
I, I like that, you know, or, you know, as a concept for, you know, story and, you know, kind of their story, their legacy, you know, always leaving, you know, kind of clues behind these, uh, you know, to tell they the story. That you need, like, in addition to having something to tell, though, you need someone to tell it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the, you know, I guess, modern myth making. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, we're to assume, you know, that uh, actually they do show a scene of security cameras, but there wasn't as many security cameras back then. But, uh, you know, it, it, you need someone, yeah, to, to kind of embellish it. And I think that kind of leads into the media thing. You know, you, the media eventually tells the story. But, yeah, I and think the leaving... The one- back, it ties back into the end with the, ca- you know, leaving the camera. Right, yes, but yeah. I- that's that's what I think is sort of so perfect about it is that it sets all that up earlier. Right. Yeah, the the last thing we see, yeah, is essentially the first thing we see just in a different way. Instead of a person telling a story, you have a, a camera telling the story. And that's yeah, again the, the, the message Oliver keeps putting towards, you know, the media and everything. Uh but yeah, then, you know, essentially, yeah, they they massacre everyone, leave leave everyone behind. You know, camp out in the desert, and uh, you know they go back to a, a flashback scene, but it's uh, it's in sitcom format. It's in like you know, uh, I love Mallory. It's called. Dad kind had of like, no idea what was going on. He's like, "Is this a TV show? What's happening?" Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell's going on? Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was a very clever way of again using media, right? The TV shows I Love Lucy that these characters might have grown up on or whatever. Uh, to dramatize her abuse through that sitcom lens, right? Track and everything. And no, yeah, definitely. And it's it's you know, yeah, how how America views everything, you know, and, and they put like this fluffy music behind everything, and you know, make it seem you know sweet and and everything. But when you really get to the core of it, it's like, oh, this is kind of tragic. But this is quite obvious that it's uh, that it's tragic. What do you what do you think of the Rodney Dangerfield casting as her father? What's uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's incredible casting against type. Like, who would yeah. have thought that? that Rodney had that in him. I mean, cause he's just so slimy and gross and disgusting. And, and I get that, I guess, you know, him and, and many millions of guys, you know, have that same kind of creepy sense of humor. It's obviously inappropriate when it's a father and a daughter. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you know, and the way he talks to it is what, but like he, I, I it's, it's so much of it is in those bulging eyes of his. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. It it brings in more a more menacing, you know, look. But it, it it's it's just but like comically, like like it fits that sitcom idea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Because you have some this, of like, the stuff that you do, like if you're not supposed to, or maybe you are, you're laughing when he's like, you know, calling his wife a bitch, or you know, right. And yeah, it makes me yeah, it makes me think yeah. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield was the perfect choice because you're typically used to laughing at that, so you're laughing at him say certain things. But in, back in '94, the biggest sitcom was like Married with Children. Yeah, you know? right. You know, yeah. The Al Bundy wasn't grabbing Kelly Bundy's ass, and when you see that scene, just that like insert, it like you, it makes you queasy when you oh, realize yeah. like oh like. That's what's going on. This guy's not just an asshole who like hates his family. Right. 
Yeah. He's like sexually, he's raping his daughter, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And beats his wife, you know, and then, you know, he got the little brother with his, uh, his, his makeup on and but stuff. The you line know. where he's like, you know, you should be, he's basically like, you should be lucky I haven't made you fool around with my friends or anything. Yeah. It's like, like wow. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they go, they go, they, you know, go full on. And I guess during a shooting, I read that, you know, Dangerfield had no idea what, what this was like he didn't know like what what oliver was going for um but uh he just said go with it and he even like improv improved most of his lines uh which kind of might be a little disturbing uh it's, know, it's he, like it's an it's important because it, it what it does is that it, it makes you root for mickey and mallory to mm-hmm. kill the, him Maybe less so the mother, but you know she, Mallory was right. She did. She she saw it for years. She saw it happen for years. Never did anything. Right. So yeah. It makes you root for them to die, and it puts you on the side of Mickey and Mallory. Right. Exactly. And yeah, right, right away. Yeah, you're you get that feeling because you you see what what they went through. We you know later we get into Woody Harrelson. You know Mickey's um, childhood a little bit. Uh, not as. It doesn't seem as detailed as what Mallory's was, but uh, but before that, you know, we get the uh, after all that, you know, Mickey comes in like, oh, I'm the meat deliverer, and he's like dripping meat everywhere, blood right. everywhere. And the um, music soars. It's this lovey dovey music. Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know, you got the laughing audience. Oh, that that's another thing. The laugh track after you know, uh, Dangerfield says these like vile things. It's just like bad. Yeah, it's just they go all in with this. Um, and, and when they when they're finally you know when you're leaving the sitcom scene or whatever uh the, the the brother's there and it it forgive me it is mickey who tries to who makes like the the motion to go after him and she stops him or is it the other way around yeah when yeah when they're when they eventually go to kill them yeah it's uh it's mickey makes a motion to, to, to shoot correct her brother, yeah and he's like no 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 let's just go yeah yeah exactly and yeah she said because that's uh, another thing that makes you root for them they're not right it's like okay they're not you know she's not totally cold you know she's grateful she, for it right right definitely definitely um they eventually you know perform their own wedding uh on a bridge which love that scene yeah it's so perfect i love the music i love the opening with the red uh whatever's falling there and then the way it ends with the white head yeah the, the veil yeah just just yeah just falling down yeah just down that uh canyon i guess you could call it you know over the bridge but i was just i was just thinking about the cameraman and having to put a crane over that bridge you know and i love the camera work and just how that all looked but i was just getting queasy because i have a thing with heights sure. but <laughs> i was just thinking about that like oh I would have been so stressed right there um, I, lo- but yeah. I love the, the um the snake rings Yes. Awesome touch. And it, you know, it's a theme throughout the movie is these snakes. Right. They start driving around after this wedding. And yeah, they do like a blood thing, blood oath thing where they right, cut the each other. And, and, oh, the animation there when there's yeah. two like souls kind of swirling together. I think. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's another thing. I wanted more animation, actually. Like, when I, every time I saw, like, the animated version of Mickey, I was just like, oh, give me more of that. Like, he's all, like, huge and buff and, like, you know, with the red glasses and stuff. It's it's such a cool aesthetic. Um, I, I love when the truck passes by and she can't help herself. 
She can't just let the truck go. She has to turn around and scream, fuck you. Right, yeah. She's a fucking animal. Right, yeah. It's, it's they, Yeah, and they they have to go on instinct and impulse. You know? She's as much an animal as the guys, I suppose, yelling at her in the truck. That's true. That's like, true. I can't excuse, you can't excuse their behavior and be like, well, they're not animals. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dangerfield, I get, I get a lot of... Um, uh, for some reason, I got a few King of Comedy vibes. Uh, well, not speaking of Dangerfield. Never mind. That was Jerry Lewis. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of similar. I, I, I know what you were going for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Just because something M- Mickey was doing in the hotel room, like kind of fake talking to someone and I don't know it just gave me that kind of vibe but uh but anyway yeah they're at a hotel room he like says something about getting a hostage while they're driving after they get you know married and stuff and that's a really interesting scene I thought because yeah there's so much tension around taking a hostage right With Mallory she has low self-esteem or whatever and feelings of anxiety she fears like she may not be enough for Mickey Right. That's why she asked him, do you still find me sexy? Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, they're, you know, in the hotel room, you know, try, starting to fool around. And then she sees him looking at what we didn't know was there was a hostage. This right. hostage That's with a great reveal, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're talking for a little while in this scene, you know, about different things. And and then, you know, start fooling around a little. And then you get Woody Harrelson just look and you see the hostage is like, whoa, what the hell is happening? Did you <laughs> yeah. notice the movies that are playing on the screen in that in that scene? Uh, uh, none that I can think of right now. What was playing? I believe it was Midnight Express and Scarface. Oh, yeah. Scarface. Yeah. Scarface. I remember. But yeah, Midnight Express. Oh, wow. A scene of, of, of yeah, him. going. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> pretty. You know, other violent movies. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, essentially the media could have blamed them watching violent movies on on their on their killing spree. I don't know if that's what it's speaking on. You know, maybe, maybe the violent, um, same violent movies that Oliver Stone himself wrote. Oh, that's the connection. Okay, yes. All okay. Right. Oh, okay. Yes, Oliver I Stone just, wrote Scarface and Midnight Express. I didn't... just put that together. It's like, oh yeah, that's interesting. But no, yeah, those are actually his movies that he wrote. Um, yeah, good call. Good call. <laughs> totally went over my head. But yeah. Huh. It's all good, but oh, by and before this scene, I think happens, you get um, the introduction of Wayne Gale, right? Right. Yes, Robert Downey Jr. is Wayne Gale. Yeah, I I love the choice of a Australian accent. I thought that was great. You who know, who would have even thought, like looking at, like watching that performance? Who would you think this guy is going to go on to be the biggest movie star in the world in twenty years? Right. Exactly. It's that's what I was thinking too. Like, and I think this was right at around the time when he was having all those issues and everything, you know, with the with drugs and, and prison oh, and, sure. and all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I also kept thinking, you know, when he was working, uh, with Tommy Lee Jones again, you know, he's, uh, was with him in us marshals, uh, the, the quote unquote sequel to the fugitive. Um, it's a little, sure, little connection there. Um, uh, I, yeah, I love I love the American Masters credits. Like I think it nails that shit so perfectly. And oh I, yes, I, I love when they even let him. The cops let him kick in the door. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like a reporter's so, gonna. Are you watching? Like, are you on me? Are you, are you rolling? <laughs> <laughs> 
so great. Such a such a nice time. Like the, yeah, there's you know there's so much gruesome things in this movie, but it's it's covered by this comedic uh, energy and comedic you know performances. It's it's just kind of makes the moving movie. I don't know. It's like uh, contradicts itself in a way, but. It uh, definitely leaves you kind of conflicted, and I like that. You know, it's it's. I like when a movie challenges you in that way. Like, should I be laughing right now? Should I be squirming? Like, what's <laughs> right? You don't, that's that's a good point. You don't know exactly how you're supposed to respond to that. Right. Where these are ostensibly the protagonists, and you're rooting against Tommy Lee Jones or whatever. But like, so okay, the last time that you and I did this was the professional, and you kept talking about the director's cut. Right. Mm. Yes. So I and I. I don't think I've ever seen the director's cut of of the professional, but I grew up on the director's cut of Natural Born Killers. Yes. You know, which was a popular DVD. So like, I I had seen it the first time, you know, normally, and then. Uh, but but like when I think of Natural Born Killers, it's hard not to think of the hole in the hand and Tom Lee Jones's head on a stick at the end. And the Ashley Judd scene, which is one of the greatest deleted scenes in the history of movies. Yes, this was actually my first time because uh, I, I had only seen the theatrical cut. This is the, uh, to prepare for the show. I actually watched the director's cut for the first okay. time. So yeah, that was uh, yeah, it, it was quite the um, shocker. Yeah, when you saw those things, I was like, whoa! I don't remember that happening. Um, <laughs> it's like a totally different fucking movie. Like yeah. I mean, the fact that the, the, the theatrical cut does not have, like, Mickey stabbing a woman whose brother he murdered in cold blood in front of her, stabbing her to death in front of everyone in the courtroom. Like, I've never seen that before. Right. Yeah. It's And, yeah. and, no, and I'm not surprised they cut it. Like, no wonder. And, like, you know, sure. they shot a hole in the hand and the head on the stick. Like, you know, it doesn't need that to make its point. But I also, like, it really does make it a different movie. Yeah. I, I there there were there were feelings I was getting, you know, after they were you know we were escaping the prison and you they were just continually to show just the violence. I was getting a little like, man, this is it's a little overindulgent. This is uh <laughs> this is <laughs> they just he just keeps going with this. He just won't stop. But uh but yeah, it's uh, it's you know, uh I am pretty sure that yeah, there was more, you know, they extended scenes in the in the director's cut like there was extra bashes to the head i guess when you know they're in the diner and she's bashing the guy's head mm-hmm. you know there weren't that many bashes before um because yeah. you know two two two, 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 two less bats two less batches will go from nc-17 to rated r you know That's so. all it takes. it's like a, one <laughs> extra buck will take you from a pg-13 to an r i know man it's crazy um, all right so we're back we're back in the motel and and mallory storms off Right. Yep. Right. So she goes to the gas station, and that's Balthazar Getty, right? Is it? I think is. I think it is. Oh wow! I uh, I missed that, but I will back, trust back you. check me on that. But I think that yeah. the gas station attendant is Balthazar Getty. Yeah. Um, I kind of love that scene too, like because it's just like angry. Right. See, I mean, not that you didn't see what Mallory was capable of before. Sure. When she kills her parents, but. That there was that was a, a motivated murder, and in this one, this is just like a, a stranger who who you know maybe he got out of line, but probably didn't merit being killed. 
No, definitely not. Yeah, and yeah, it is. It is him. You're right. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, good call. Uh, another good call by Jeff Snyder on uh, today's call. episode. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he definitely didn't deserve it. I mean, he's she's she totally says kiss me. Uh, you know, t- says you know do this stuff to me like. And obviously, right. he wasn't doing it quite right, and she started getting images right. of her. And she's on the hood of a car. You got to have rough sex on the hood of a car. You can't well, yeah. have yeah. just normal, nice sex yeah. on, on a car. That's impossible. It's not going to be that intimate and sensual. Like, come on, right. girl. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> um, you know, are you really going to kill me over this? Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, just you, you get, again, that's what I was alluding to a little bit earlier, is you get that uh, sense that, you know, perhaps yeah she just gets these flashes of her father and just starts to get angry and obviously she's had a traumatic childhood and everything like that but that kind of leads me to um Scagnetti Detective Scagnetti uh gets introduced um right after this actually right after this uh scene the you know they they starting to bang on the car and uh yeah she she essentially right, he finds the saliva droplets or something yeah <laughs> well, he, well, first he sn- sniffs the pan- sniffs the panties he live he oh, uh, it's, a, it's a great character moment right there it says a lot about scagnetti <laughs> yes exactly and yeah the saliva drops <laughs> knows exactly oh that's a perfect ass on the car you know and knows exactly where the saliva drops are it's like okay, i love I that he sees like her reflection like you know like right yeah kind of trace of herself that was a nice touch yeah. um but yeah scagnetti you know so we 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 learn a little bit uh which you know we'll get to in a little bit but uh learn a little bit about his uh troubled childhood um i mean it was well, might as well get to that, and then we'll get back to the the other stuff real quick. Um, so yeah, we learn that his mother's killed by some psycho, um, but we he's also got something wrong with him. Um, so I don't oh, I, sure he may be the most fucked up person in the entire movie. By the right, way, right, right. <laughs> I mean, he's not going on murdering sprees, but he has a prostitute in his room, and he ends up killing her. I assume that was yeah. his own. I think he reveals to Juliette Lewis that that was his one person he killed i want to say um he, he felt like he had to to understand them and and to you almost have to to catch a murderer you have to become a murderer kind of thing yeah uh, but 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 before that i mean you got you know these two people mallory and mickey who have fucked up childhoods you had uh scagnetti who had a fucked up childhood these two become murderers. This guy's just a weirdo creep. Um, you know, so he didn't become a murderer, but he became messed up in his own way. Uh, is kind of what I took from that. It's like it's you know not everyone who has you know trauma when they're a kid becomes murderers, but they still might have a little little screws loose. You know, um, not saying that happens to everyone that you know has trauma, <laughs> but <laughs> but. That's that's just kind of how I took it. I'm not sure what your thoughts were on that. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I you don't get Scagnetti's backstory until later in the film, right? Right. Yeah, when he's talking to right. Tom, so, Tommy so Lee Jones. It, the film almost it, it because it, it because it shows him killing that that young woman before right. you get that that backstory. I think you're already against Scagnetti. And I don't know that that his backstory can explain it away. It certainly doesn't excuse it, but I don't, you know, it's just, um, 
it's a good question because yeah. I guess in that moment to me, he was the most screwed up character. But then when you actually hear about his motivations for getting into uh, the, the force and everything, it's, it's not that bad. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, still in, inexcusable behavior, mister. But a uh, great, great sequence is when they stumble upon, uh, stumble upon the Indian, uh, the Navajo man, yes. uh, in his, uh, shelter with his grandson, uh, or they seek shelter from, from that to get food and everything. Um, and they start tripping out, um, did they, did they have some, uh, or were they, they were on mushrooms, right? Is that what you ever tripped out, Ben? Huh? You ever tripped? You can edit this out if you want. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually, have, I've never done, I've never done mushrooms. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You? I have. I have. Yeah. I have. Is it, is that anything like they depict in the movies? I actually uh, thought that they do a good job with, with some of like the, the facial contortions. and. Oh yeah. I love those. Yeah. yeah. Those were, those were interesting, but yeah. Uh, Okay, okay, but you know, <laughs> each their own, each their yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, really so yeah, they get they get uh, get here, and this is after uh, we get to Scagnetti is when we are first introduced to Wayne Gale. I mean, let's let's stick with the let's stick with the Indian. I mean, this this is the this is the movie, right? This is yeah. like the whole scene that sort of changes them and makes sure. them see things a little bit differently. Um, so the end, like, what did you make of all the messages that flash on, on Mickey and Mallory, like the too much TV and some of the, cause it's, it's very unsubtle. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not, not, not subtle at all. Um, subtlety is never in Oliver Stone's strong suit. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, you know, you have the words flash on them, demon, um, you know, and then you know the the Indian telling the story about the woman who you know rescues a rattlesnake and and you know because it's a great it's story, yeah, and oh, like you yeah. know nurses it and everything, nurses it back to health. It eventually bites her, and then you know the snake's like, look, would bitch. you what? Says look, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a snake. What do you think was going to happen? That's an awesome, you know. Uh, comparison and and uh metaphor for what uh what what these guys are you know they're it's like you brought these people in what what'd you expect was going to happen or you know it 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 starts to you start to get the message more as the movie goes on you know with the interview and everything but but yeah such a such a great story but um but yeah the images and stuff like you were saying i mean that yeah i mean those were again just good stuff i mean you, you we get more into Mickey's parents and what happened there. Right, is a lot of that stuff. Those flashbacks are very valuable too, with with Mickey's father and, and committing suicide and everything. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Indian obviously represents good, and he's trying to appeal to the goodness that that is inside of them. And when when Woody sort of wakes up from this kind of trippy nightmare and just fires off his gun because that that's just what he reaches for instinctively, right? Himself, I think, uh, and accidentally kills this, this old man. Like there is genuine remorse there uh, yeah that's pretty terrible she certainly lets him know that he screwed up yeah um, and yeah, I, I, I get through a minefield of snakes right well and i love the touch though of her saying to him especially after the scenes of when he was a kid like she says bad 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 like talking right. to him like you would talk to a toddler or something like well, no, they're still that's bad. Out. yeah they, they yeah. It, it sort of reverted to that little kid uh status 
Yeah, and she even says, like, you make me feel like I'm in kindergarten again at one point in the film. Like, it's, you know, it's it's definitely... Yeah, something they were they were going yes. for there, yes. you know. And then yeah, like you said, they go through a, a minefield of of rattlesnakes. Both get bit, and then they, uh, you know, which, which they, was great because the first so at first the snake lets them uh, get away, right? Uh, I'm sorry, no, this this is what we forgot to talk about. It's when Woody uh, when when Mickey is escaping prison that the snake bites the horse. Okay, yes. From, on the, so the cop, you know, it rears up, the cop falls off, and Woody gets away. Uh, and this, and that time, the so the snake helped him, and now the snake is biting him. It's right. punishing him for killing the Indian. Ooh, good call. Yeah, we totally missed that uh, prison escape scene. The tornado and everything coming. Uh, yes. Yeah, it said he was in jail due to Grand Theft Auto, and that's when they go and and kill kill her uh, kill her parents. Yes, good call. But yeah, that's. Oh man, good stuff. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That helped him originally, but then came back to literally bite him in the ass or the right. ankle, I guess you could say. Um, but so, yeah, good. So this, uh, they both get bit by snakes and now we're at the drug zone. Yep. Which is to me, maybe the best sequence in the entire movie. I'm glad you said that because I, that's like, I have some notes here, but that's just that I wrote like four hours after watching it again. And I, I, I wrote green scenes, um, or green hue. Uh, I love, love, love. First of all, there's the look of this, uh, the, the, yeah, the green hue of everything. The drug zone is in green neon, the just, the... And, and why, why green? Well, I cheated a little, uh, Oliver's... Oh, I, I don't even know that there's a real answer to this. Is there? Uh, Oliver Stone said it was to represent the sickness that was in Mickey's mind. I don't like when the directors give straight answers like that. So like, let's like, not go with that. Why do you think green? <laughs> snake. The, the snake. They're looking for snake venom. I mean, green's the yeah. color of snake. Well, it, it, it could still rec- represent the sickness in his mind. You know, the snake sure. mind. Right? No? Uh, <laughs> sure. And either way, it looks beautiful. It's, it's like goddamn Emerald City. Um, I love the, the uh, Asian pharmacist who's like sitting back there watching the movie. Right. The Asian yeah. or like what? What is maybe? It's, let's just go, let's just go with the man at the pharmacist. Man, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I don't know. The, the one, I think he's a very he's he's actually great in the movie. This Asian character actor. I've seen him before. I just, yeah. I think, but, um, he like his reactions are perfect. Uh, I I thought. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's watching them on the news or whatever and, you know, starts freaking out that they're there, you know, and, and, you know, Mickey comes up to the counter asking for the snake juice, I think he calls it, the snake juice. Where's the snake right. juice? And, he, and yeah. he just starts pulling random things off the shelf. He's like, oh. He's not a good actor either. He's, like, trying to play it cool, but it's, like, very obvious. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love this whole sequence. Again, uh, f- first of all, a lot to do with just the the look of it. But yeah, just uh, what were yeah. all the pills that, that Woody is grabbing? Anyways, I don't even know. Uh, at one point, he says like he said, "Yeah." At one point, he says like, uh, "This one keeps your dick hard, right?" You know, so <laughs> you know stuff like, stuff like that. You know, uh, if, if I, you know, might as well get the good stuff, man. Look for the good stuff while you're there. Um, um, so, so he, he about, he's about to get outside. And he he finds a stagnant snake in Mallory, right? The cops have grabbed her. Yep. 
Sagnetti's gone or he's starting to cut her tits off. And, and it's like having seen what we just saw with him and, and the young uh, prostitute or whatever, like we fear that he may actually do it. Right. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him at this point. So that's why I'm I'm glad they showed that scene, you know, before that, because it's like, okay, this guy's definitely capable of doing I mean, he that. He cuts her. Like my, my dad wince. Um, you know, he, he doesn't like watching stuff. Yeah. Like- when they cut their hands earlier, he, he winced as well. But you know, when he and he slices her chest, like you feel it, right? Definitely. And yeah, it's it's yeah. You 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 think at that point, okay, he he might be true, and that's when you know Mickey's even thinks that he's like, okay, you you're right, <laughs> don't do, do it. You think Mickey was a victim of police brutality? Probably. Um, you know, especially being in that prison he was in originally. And I mean specifically at the drug zone scene. Oh, I would. Yeah, I would. I would. I guess he shot at cops and also stabbed one or two. So, yeah, I mean, I would have to think so, especially that, you know, that scene ends and they're panning up and they're still they're still out on him. And they're still kicking the shit out of Juliet Lewis, Ju- Juliet Lewis, <laughs> and yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a mad dog, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like mad. This kill is... them all, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then yeah, so they get uh, get arrested. Flashes to one year later, then the they're to be transferred to psychiatric hospitals, and Scagnetti uh, is is the one. Um, is the one to to pick him up to to do that, and this is where we meet Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've always loved Tommy Lee Jones. Think he's wonderful. This uh, I believe was the second one. I know he was in JFK with Oliver Oliver Stone. Um, you say I, interview him. We'll see if you still feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> have you? No, actually, I never have. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is notoriously. This is like. Just from one from just reporter to reporter, supposedly the worst interview. They're the oh top man, uh, I I won't be contacting his publicist then. Um, <laughs> no, but just as an actor, I've I've loved. Of course, uh, Tommy, no, Lee Tommy Lee Jones yeah. is amazing. He's yeah, incredible actor. <laughs> And I've just this is one of those movies where you you know besides maybe I mean as much as the movie's terrible I mean you see him be a little crazy like this as Two Face in like Batman Forever but like you know th- this is just more menacing than that you know he's just this crazy warden who will just uh, you know he, he takes. Uh, takes it things into his own hands like he's walking through the cafeteria and there's a fight about to happen he's like no not on my watch metal thing that he takes out that scares everybody like yeah (laughs) crazy like facial hair right he's perfect for this oh man yeah i just i love 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 this uh uh, you know the the character is slimy, but I just love the way he plays this uh, plays this character. Um, and, and he's a slave to the media, you know. Like, yep, he's yeah. Just, it's like if a, can't, can't can't say no to the media, yep. you know. Like uh, when he finds out the cameras are on him, that's when he starts to panic. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, towards the, the very end there. Yeah, when when the cameras are on him, and you know, uh, 
Robert Downey Jr. is going through saying who he is. I know Bill Clinton, you know, <laughs> and you know I'm Tommy Lee. I'm an award-winning journalist. <laughs> you know, Tommy Lee Jones sees the camera. He's like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and yeah, that's just. I mean, it's uh, it, it speaks on you know that you're just worried about the what what the media is gonna uh, portray it as. Um, but yeah, I love the uh, first of all, he convinces uh, Mickey to do the interview. Robert Downey Jr. does. Um, convinces him to do the interview and the interview I think is a fantastic scene Uh, yeah yeah definitely I I love how he convinces him to do it at first where he's like you know it's like did I beat Bundy yeah you crushed him did I beat Gacy did I beat Manson nah you're not gonna beat Manson yeah Yeah, come on I mean (laughs) Yeah, then I think he says, yeah, you can't beat the king. <laughs> uh, but, Here's the question. Why is Mallory in a men's jail? Yeah, that's what I was questioning as well. I mean... That's the big hole of this movie? Yeah, th- probably. I mean, it's... Or is she just such a crazy fucking psycho that they had to keep her away from the other women? Right, yeah. I mean, she's in solitary either way, so it doesn't really matter. If we if we want to make sense of it, yeah, I think that would make the most sense. Is just yeah, she's there. A women's wing we just simply didn't see. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Or I I just think it was easier for writing. They're just I just put her in the jail. You know, I don't I don't I don't feel like figuring figuring out how we're gonna get to a woman's part of the jail. You know, let's just put her in the jail. I think that's how the conversation went exactly. Actually, so um. <laughs> okay, we'll get we're, we're over that. Uh, over it we're over uh, it baby what he shaves his head great scene he's got Love great hair scene. must have been tough to say goodbye to it and that i mean the shot when he's rubbing his head is so fantastic Contrast with robert downey jr trimming his nose hairs that was beautiful i really enjoyed that it was a lot of it, great nose stuff in the second half of this movie time yeah making his nose one of the best uh, nose movies of the nineties. Grabbing say. the nose with the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nose. He's got a real. I think it's Oliver Stone who has a nose fetish. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got Tarantino with the foot fetish. You got Oliver Stone with the nose fetish. You know, well, he's, so. just, he's cleaning every orifice. He's cleaning right. his ears in this at one point. <laughs> it's he's great. Just a gross individual. Uh, right. so interview is fantastic. Yeah. Great. Exactly. Great. After the Super Bowl. Right, yeah. The interviews after the Super Bowl, so you know everyone's watching. And I like how they cut to commercial. It's a Coke commercial, and you got like these fifties people watching it. Like, ah, oh, again, them. You know the the very clear message that Oliver Stone is sending. How old are you? Born in eighty nine, so thirty. Okay, I'm thirty one. Younger than me. Okay. Uh, anyways, I remember that fucking Coca Cola commercial very well. That polar bear commercial was mm-hmm. iconic. Um. Can you imagine being Coca-Cola and buying ad space in the middle of a, uh, an interview with a serial killer, though? Like, I don't... How would an interview with a serial killer be after the Super Bowl? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's... it's Yeah, it's it's so out there. Not uh, a serial killer, a mass murderer. Excuse me. Yes, exactly. What is the difference? Do you know? There is definitely a difference. There is, but do you know? Uh, I mean, I do. It would take a while. I mean, I could... Oh, okay. Serial killers... <laughs> Uh, there's, you know, patterns, and it has to do with their victims. A, a mass murderer doesn't care really who the victim is. And then there's a spree killer, which is a little bit different than a mass murderer. Right, right. Yes, you are correct. You you, you nailed the test. Good job. 
But after the interview, he, uh, you know, he says the title of the movie, and we say, "Oh, that's why they call it that." Uh, he says, "You know, I'm just a, a natural, natural born killer." killer. killer I could, uh, I wanted to read some quotes, but I don't want to. Uh, do it, you know. do it, do it. Let's let's uh, play. Let's see here. Give me your best, Woody. That didn't sound good. Let's back that up. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your best, Woody. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> give me three. Oh, there's anything wrong minutes. with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's see here. Oh, I like this one. It's just murder. All God's creatures do it. You look in the forest. I, I, that, I'm being way too strong in the southern accent. <laughs> yeah, I, you look in the forest and you see species killing other species, or species killing all species, including the forest, and we just call it industry, not murder. It's uh yeah I can tell that's that's Tarantino right there that's that's a Tarantino Th- this whole thing seems like Tarantino monologue you know it's yeah I, it is definitely laying out like the whole thesis of of the movie a little bit um I love when they when he does cut to the uh, mentions the environment in the forest it cuts to the blonde woman smiling she you can tell she's like a tree hugger. Oh yes! <laughs> like, oh, I like this guy now. He he wants to save the trees, right? <laughs> He's murdered between forty-eight and fifty-two people, basically. Right. That we get in this thing, but all right. Um, uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, great, great interview. And then yeah, after he says he's just a natural-born killer, that that clicks. In the prisoners, I don't know why they'd be showing this interview to prisoners, but especially at a you know ma- maximum maximum security prison. I think they where... could even hear it in the first place. It's so fucking loud in that prison. <laughs> I know, two hundred percent capacity. I think they said at one point. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that uh, basically. Yeah, riot breaks out, and this is where all hell breaks loose, and the warden finds out about it, has to leave. So Woody Harrelson's all alone with some of the guards. He can the, smell it. He can smell there, there's a weakness. There's an open. Yep. Yep. So he's, you know, it's a good time to start telling some jokes. Let's tell some jokes. And, you know, that's a distraction. What, is he, what does he do in the middle of telling the joke? Grabs a donut. That is correct. <laughs> Grabs the donut. So it's like, to me, it was just so like crazy seeing the forethought. And he, I'm going to grab the donut. I'm going to throw it to this fucking guy. He's going to catch it. He won't be able to fire his shotgun. Right. I'll have time to fucking... It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, absolutely. The, the Billy story is amazing, by the way. You, you have to have some kind of comedic ability to sell that and obviously being on cheers and white men can't jump and everything. Woody had right. that. Right. Definitely. And that's why I think, yeah, Woody was a perfect choice for this because he did have comedic chops at the same time. He does have, you know, that let, look to let him. Let me tell you a good story about Woody. Woody Harrelson is a fucking national treasure. Okay. Yeah. And I wrote that in an article and somehow, some way it got to Woody Harrelson and he reached out. And I got an email from Woody's publicist via Woody or whatever is thanking me for it. Wow. Harrelson. Wow. That's that's awesome. He's that's great. He can do yeah. anything and, and he you know, he's still fucking going strong these days. Yeah. What 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 movie did you do that after? 
Yeah, it was like some, it was like a news story or something. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Um that's awesome. I I congratulations, my friend. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I was a little humble brag there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, riot. Right, so Mickey's loose now. Yep. Mickey, and he's commanding a fucking train of mm-hmm. people. Using yeah, the one guy as a guard, I think Kavanaugh as a guard. Who's the, who is <laughs> a the shield, I should say. filming the interview? Do you know? Oh, do I know who's filming the interview? Yes. The camera guy. Do you know who the camera guy was? No. The camera guy was Marvin Nash from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, wow. Uh, the guy who gets his ear chopped off? Yes. Spoiler alert? Yes. Oh. I mean, there's a couple of different camera guys. There may be a, a, a larger camera guy, uh, like a, a, a much bigger gentleman. Uh, that's obviously not him, but Speaking one of the of re- that scene is Marvin Nash. Speaking of Reservoir Dogs, the one guy who's getting interviewed, the psychiatrist, uh, has the voice like this. He did the radio voice for Resi- Reservoir Dogs. Right. Do- yeah, the famous yes. Boston comedian. Stephen Wright's amazing. Amazing comedian, by the way. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, I haven't really looked into his he's comedy now. Brilliant. He only has two albums. He's been around since like the fucking 70s or 80s. Yeah. Is he still alive? He is still alive. Still, uh, okay. He's a homeless person, but he's, he's a genius. <laughs> he's like legit brilliant, and, and his... Two albums are just like little liners. Yeah, perfectly. Crafted. Well, well, and what's great—that's uh, another line in this movie—is you know he's talking about the difference between people who are insane and who are just psychopaths. Right. He said Mickey and Mallory are psychopaths because they know between right, right and wrong, they just don't care. Right. Um, which quote. is yeah, very great quote. And I think um, if there was more of him, maybe or maybe you saw more in the director's cut. I'm not sure because he's uh, that line is in the cut that I saw, but I feel like there was more of him in the director's cut isn't dennis leary in the director's cut too or is that a deleted scene um might be a deleted scene i don't remember seeing him um yeah yeah i think that was a deleted scene uh but uh but yeah the 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 riot you know you got uh tommy lee jones trying to trying to get things in order you got woody harrelson just going through with this you know he's he's actually protecting the people he's with he's shooting other prisoners um and he finally gets to mallory after all this and she's getting maced tortured by tom sizemore or uh, detective Scagnetti and ooh, that's not something you want to do but in front of Woody in front of uh in front of Mickey there um not even something you want to do in front of Mallory and you're doing a tour um, and yeah they have a little little standoff there I'm trying to get my thoughts together because standoff I, I just watched Unforgiven too for another show and uh I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my movies mixed up now <laughs> okay so so we uh Let's go back to where he, he he's got Mallory right, and he's he's got uh, he's taping the the shotguns around everybody. Yes. Where did he get all this? These first of all, there's two different <laughs> kinds of tape that he uses in that like few minutes. Right. Um, so the, he uses like white masking tape and then fucking silver duct tape at two different points. I don't know right. where the tape magical tape shop was in the middle of the jail. Uh, <laughs> right, just random tape. Oh, oh, here's the tape. I found it. Downey Jr. having a complete meltdown. He has broken up with his wife, then calls his girlfriend to say, I've left my wife for you. And she's like, I'm good. Yeah. And so he's, <laughs> he's just losing it. His whole thing about Grenada, Ben, I want a Grenada prequel. What happened to Grenada? He's like, I was there, Grenada, when the shit went down at Grenada. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I would love to see Wayne Gale in the Grenada movie. 
<laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, Robert Downey Jr. is another uh, treasure, I think. Just acting. Like, he, I love his accents he can do and everything like that. Yeah. So they so they escape. Uh, there's, I mean, crazy firefights. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is shooting cops now. My dad was like, what is happening? I'm like, Robert Downey Jr. has completely fucking lost it. Uh, and they and they escape. They they manage to get out, and and uh, Timely Jones's warden is basically torn apart by his own prisoners. Yep, and his head is held on a spike. If you watch the director's cut, it's uh, whoo, it's <laughs> they just tear him apart. Um, yeah, I I you know I again can't say enough about i just love 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 tommy lee jones in this movie just his mannerisms the way he talks what he says is just yes. it's so un tommy lee jones like that it's just well it's brilliant. He, you know tommy lee jones he never really seems scared he's always right. in control and in this movie yeah. you see like real fear in his eyes and, and, it, and it is kind of startling i do love that that final scene obviously where they kill skagnetti where you know they both have you know guns drawn and pointed at each other. Right. But he lets up, and Skagnetti thinks he's won, and then Mallory, who's always sort of been the mo- the more vicious of the two, her brother uh, accepting, I think. Um, Mallory is more than willing to to slice that that guy's throat. Yeah. They kiss, yeah. and love kills the demon. <laughs> that's it and the end um, almost, yeah it's almost 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 but uh well uh, and also uh to go back a little bit um the uh you know robert downey jr just starts w- w- what's the deal with him starting to just shoot everybody and like love this murder stuff like what w- like what? what's your thought on that uh i think he just got carried away and, and he yeah. just lost his entire life and pr- probably you know his job he's probably or- bleeding probably bleeding to death too yeah, and a little <laughs> he was having some kind of uh you know break right um, so arliss yeah. so arliss howard helps them escape of all people i actually happen to love arliss howard his role really got chopped down in, in the theatrical cut because he had a much bigger part in the director's cut I yeah and and his character owen is kind of strange too like it was like did he want to like go on and and live with them and like be part of their gang or something yes yeah yeah he would yeah he wanted to go with them and yeah because you get you see a brief clip of them when the warden walks by and he's like sweeping and like they stay on him for a little bit and you're like who is this guy and then we see him a little later um you saw him earlier in the film like there are shots of him i think at that diner in the opening scene where he appears and then disappears like a ghost right yeah yeah it's yeah, definitely, definitely weird. Um, but yeah, you have uh, you know Robert Downey Jr. shooting ever at everyone, and then like Woody Harrelson's like, "Stop!" He's like, "Use this to shoot," and it's the camera. So like that kind of, you know, kind of brought it, you know, back to the media. Like, no, this is our weapon. This is our weapon against the warden. This is our weapon to just keep going because. America is feeding off this. They want this. They want this stuff. Um, and yet at the end, you know, now we're in the, the last scene, really, right? In the woods. Yep. And they're telling him that, you know, Wayne, we're not going to let you go. You're scum. You did it for ratings. And they, you know, that's where they ultimately take aim at the media. And they tell him outright, it's not about you. It's about what you represent. And right. they, you know, they're not sure what that is. You're saying uh, they're not sure what it is. Mickey and Mallory say, yeah. you know, um, that, that they're not sure what yeah. what, they, uh, what he represents, just that he represents something. Well, the, la- the last note that I took was, was Robert Downey Jr. basically saying, acknowledging, like, yeah, I'm a parasite. And, the di- and telling him that the day that you killed, you belong to us. 
The, yeah. You, know, you became ours, whether that's right. the media's or just the American public's. But, you know, you became famous murderers and and, and now you belong to us. Yeah, it's, it's – I, I thought it was um, – again, you're not – it's not entirely clear maybe what, what Oliver is trying to say, but you know it's something profound. Yeah, it's something profound that only Oliver knows. But no, it's just, it's. I, I love the, yeah, just the, the whole look of this movie, the way it was shot and everything, and just the, the message too. I mean, what is your thought on the message of the, the media kind of feeding into this stuff and all that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's the media while problematic, ultimately is a reflection of the public that it serves. That's a good point. It gives the people what they want. If they didn't want it, the newspaper or the media would give them something else that they didn't. Right. And so they're just satisfying a demand, a certain collective societal bloodlust. Yeah. You know, and, and in order to for, for us to, I don't know, be satisfied, to get our fill, we need people like Mickey and Mallory who are going to give us that grist to chew on. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's kind of like what is, you know, you look at this, they're they're looking at it as entertainment, you know, the American public and everything. Like, that's what they're looking at it as. They're not looking at it like this is real. This is really happening. No, this is just something that's entertaining me. You know, I don't know if that's just being desensitized to everything because of everything they've seen in the media or in movies or things like that. But, you know, it's like you said, it's it's something they want to see. Again, the media wouldn't put it out if it wasn't getting ratings. And yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's not real life. And I think that's why Oliver Stone shows it as them just innocently watching the TV with, you know, and then there's commercials like the Coke commercial and everything like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the end of this movie though shows them like with kids in a, in like a van, right? Yep. Yep. So they, they was made it, it always supposed to be like that or, or was the original like draft supposed to punish them? for their crimes but because the audience liked mickey and mallory so much did they change it and give them the happy end <sighs> that's good yeah that's good i mean i'm sure someone I, has i don't know answer. why i'm thinking of it that, like that that's how it happened maybe it was yeah i i know the i know the tarantino cl- uh script is out there somewhere i never read it or anything mm-hmm. um i think someone even put a movie together using clips from this movie that I could were... have sworn it was like the ending was something like them telling Owen that they can't that he can't come and Owen is the one who kills them yeah well I think that was an alternate ending that Maybe was that, just never shown to yeah. us of Oliver Stone's I my, my alternate histories of this movie straight I, I just know that yeah. it wasn't just always this they get a happy ending and that's it yeah um but yeah, I mean that's 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 natural born killers in a nutshell. Probably could have went a long longer time. I, um, but uh, no, man, it's been awesome talking to you about this. Any other last thoughts on the film? Just that it'll always have a place in my heart. Um, yeah, you know, I find even though it is a movie known for it's like ultra violence and, and you know being a media satire, I, there's something deeply, deeply romantic that I, I find in it and, and yes, I, you know, would be lucky to find my Mallory Knox. <laughs> just, you know, be, be normal about it, you know, just, you know, 
just be normal. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> you know, although there's, yeah, it's as Angus of '95 taught us. There's no normal. <laughs> I love the message of the film. Love the cinematography. Love the you know the technical the aspects soundtrack. of the film. Nine Inch yeah. Nails, Rage Against the Machine. Oh my yes. God, so- Thank you. Great soundtrack and yeah, great. If you haven't seen it, we gave it all away, but still check it out. It's Thank we. Yeah. Thank you we for can- having me. We can't do it justice. It's been great having you, man. Thanks again for coming on. And again, you're welcome anytime. This was uh, this was a blast as as usual. All right, you can find me at the Insnider. You know, Instagram, Twitter, Cameo, all that stuff. Love kills the demon, folks. You're Vote. on Cameo. I am. Nice. Vote on November third. There you go. Vote folks. across Tampa. That's Jeff Snyder. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. For Jeff, I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. 